Hey there, everybody. Hello and welcome in. It is time for the post-Iowa State edition of Three Guys Before the Game. The Senator's fired up. The Dean is fired up. And we welcome you in. All right, boys, so here we go. West Virginia is back in high times. The Mountaineers are back in the uh, top 25 poll after a soul-defining victory over the Cyclones of Iowa State. We were here last week in our pregame episode, and we said, I said, and you guys agreed that it was an, it was a uh, excitingly it? dangerous excitingly dangerous game, really, for both teams. It turned out to be that way. And it, it was. It was exciting. It was as good of a game as I have seen in a long time. Wow. Yeah, Tony's, love, like, Tony's going throwback on that's it. That's high I lo- praise. I love that game. You like the, well, West Virginia wins it how West Virginia wins games. It runs the football and plays stellar <laughs> defense. I love that game. <laughs> runs the draw play when you need, need some yards. <laughs> I, there are unconfirmed reports. Nealon was seen breakdancing in a suite at the stadium after the third and 17 draw play. Well, he's been trying to tell everybody for years, run the draw, it works. Yeah. It did. Save the game. So won the game. So much came out of that, in my opinion, for uh, for West Virginia. I said before the game started that we would we would finally pull the layers away and we would find the soul of that Mountaineer football team. If they had any any soul whatsoever, it was going to be it was going to be revealed. And I think they did reveal themselves. Well, I, t- I think I talked about in the last podcast referencing the Wall Street movie and Lou Mannheim. <laughs> Played by Hal Holbrook, when he tells Bud, a man looks into the abyss, there's nothing staring back at him. At that moment, man finds his character, and that's what keeps him out of the abyss. Okay, a little hyperbole there, but West Virginia was challenged, and they responded. They stayed out of the abyss and got a quality win. Well, This is high praise for this Mountaineer team beating an Iowa State program who had nine conference wins since West Virginia joined the league. I will say this where I agree with you guys, though. I think the win was big for the – for the simple reason, this is going to sound obvious, that it wasn't a loss. I think a <laughs> loss would have been really damaging to this program and this team, given what's coming next, given how they were just, it felt like they were teetering a little bit. I think from a mindset standpoint, getting a victory was but, but really But it's big. Not, not just winning, but how they won. Is that is exerting their will on this opponent, which was a pretty good opponent. Granted, I would say, but exerting their will. I mean, running the ball again, getting over 200 yards, rushing, defense, making stands, old-fashioned football. How they won was as important as getting the win. All right, so let's move on from the kumbaya stuff here. You say that. They ran well in the first half and then went stone cold. Yes. This prolific offense that West Virginia has did not score from the six-minute mark of the second quarter all the way through the game. Do we have any concerns about where this offense no, is? It doesn't again, matter. It, ran into, it ran into a very good defense again and couldn't score points. It doesn't matter because the next two games, you only need to score 13 points uh, <laughs> to win the game. Yeah, you, you, that you, may you. be true, but then you'll need 130 to beat exactly, Oklahoma exactly. on the road. I, I just said the next two games. Okay? Fair point. Fair point. I'll you give know, you that. What, what, what makes me come away impressed by these guys is that uh, Dana Holgerson told me Friday after we did our pregame interview, he said, oh, he said, uh, okay, these Are guys are going to do a Dana imitation. I was going to go like, hey, these guys aren't playing here. And so that is the true sign, I think, that you got life. Adam Schuler, starting defensive lineman, out. Xavier Preston, linebacker, out. Um, Toya Savory, starting safety, out. Mm-hmm. Uh, into the game, not too deep. Mike Daniels gets blasted. He's out. 
you already lost uh, Winfield, who you think, oh, well, Winfield doesn't play it well. He plays a lot on special teams and is pretty good on special teams. And despite all of that, they were they, they found a way to win. So I just think that the, everything, I thought the game had uh, the drama, uh, it had uh, the highs. It had some lows. I just I loved that game. Well, I think I think Brad is makes a very very good point about not scoring from midway second quarter on. That's a huge concern. But I do think that the way they did run the football, the way we haven't seen Crawford like that in about a month, a month. and a half. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So there were there were some positive. There are things you could. It's not like a fluky win. It's an exert your will win, an important win, something you can build on going into a, a very similar type game. I think coming very, up, very similar. And I thought one thing that jumped out at me was I think that's the first time this season we have seen that running back depth, Tony, that we talked so much about in the summer. In that Crawford carried the load early. Then you mixed in Petaway for a few carries, and then here comes Kennedy a McCoy late, fresh, and including that big run on the draw play, he was able to power through those last two yards, got through paying the defensive back to pick up the final yards. That to me is the first time this year where all three of them where you went, okay, that's the backfield that we thought we would see out of West Virginia, and that helped win them the football game. It's a good point. And now you can see that in those situations, Kennedy McCoy is the guy that they feel has the best chance of gaining yards after first contact and he showed that to us against Baylor and they put him out there again uh, that third down and 17 run uh, not to say that it, you know but that's a big boy play that is a big boy play that was ridiculous they went to the replay monitor on that but that's a whole that's a whole nother point on the thing um, but uh, well that draw play that's a whole new concept you know <laughs> the draw play I mean nobody's ready for the draw play anymore and you know another guy Hakeem Bailey Right, he could have been the goat and not greatest of all time, the old school goat. Right? Yeah. Here's a kid that had 17 tackles and one pass breakup the entire season, 17 and one. Right through eight games, he goes out there and gets 10 tackles and three pass breakups. My experience tells me, so he's he's a young kid, redshirt sophomore. These kind of games for the Kenny Robinsons, for the Hakeem Bailey's. For the Dylan Tonkries. Um, Reese Donahue played well. Yeah, he did. Ezekiel Rose. Rose. Uh, these kind of games make your defense better next year and the year after that. And as far as Donahue goes, he I, I sent out a tweet today. He quietly has become a, a very, very good player. We knew he was going to be good. Tony Gibson's liked him since he got here. In the last three games, his tackle totals. Now, this is a defensive end. He had six, six, and five. So he's had uh, 17 tackles in the last three games with four tackles, four loss, and a sack. And he is playing now at a level in a comfort. You just see him out there now. Now he's now he's attacking. He's making plays. I think that really bodes well for this defense over the next couple of years. A couple of things you mentioned there. McCoy touched the ball on nine of 16 plays in the fourth quarter for West Virginia. So that tells you how valuable he is, to your point. Second part on Bailey it's normally a bad, bad sign when your uh, cornerback leads you in tackles. Yeah. I mean, they were clearly coming after Bailey, sure. but I'm with you. Give that kid some credit for responding, including the big deflection there late that helped seal that victory. So I'm with you. That will do nothing but build his confidence that he was able to make some of those plays. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so um, should we be surprised that uh, West Virginia won this game? I would say not really if you really look deep, 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 down Route 19 <laughs> on Saturday. That's 
really the game was over before it started because the Powell Mountain Goat once again stroked it beautifully. Brad, for those that don't know, would you please edify our listening base out there about the Powell Mountain Goat on Route 19? Sure. There's a, there's an, a legend out there that uh, a farmer lost a goat, got off the, got off the farm mm-hmm. there, went to find him, discovered him near Route 19 on the way to Summersville, couldn't coax the goat back onto the farm, mm-hmm. so the goat now just roams wild. And if you're coming up to the game, very scientific study here, yeah. if you're coming to the game at West Virginia home game and you spot the goat... Along Route 19, if you spot the goat, Hoppy, yep. West Virginia covers 80% of the time. <laughs> the Powell Mountain Goat Theory, and it came through. The goat won again. And Who Hoppy, saw the goat? Who spotted the goat? Well, we can't reveal the sources, but there's a... It's fine-looking Phil's buddy. <laughs> fine-looking Phil's buddy. So fine-looking Phil texts me on Saturday. He says, we're fine. Guy just called me. He said, saw the Powell Mountain Goat coming up Route 19. He said, we'll cover. 80% of the time. Happens. 80% of the time. I mean, there's a Facebook page for the Powell Mountain Goat, the whole thing. This is a thing, Hoppy. I got pictures of the Powell Mo- Mountain Goat being texted me while I'm talking to you on air. He knew. He knew the outcome knew? before the game cover. even started. Goat says cover. Okay. Win and cover. So where are we now with this Mountaineer team? Down to three games, which I just cannot. I just, just I can't believe we're down to three games already. K-State, Texas. And Oklahoma. By the way, you probably heard this by now if you're already listening, but if not, uh, we won't know the start of the Texas game here in Morgantown until at least late Saturday night or Sunday next week they exercise the six-day window. So could we see now, we had a 2016 game this past week, could we see another that tight of a game Saturday? Sure. I, I think the same kind I mean the same kind of game. What's the early line? Point and a half, two point points and a half. in there. So yeah. so it's a it's a pick'em game. We don't know the status of the Kansas State quarterback who got injured. Delton got injured. Ertz was already injured. Maybe we'll know something. Well, I take that back. I was gonna yep. say maybe we'll know something more later this week. You uh Coach Bill Snyder would if if the poor kid were deceased, you would you you would not know that. True. So Fact. you might not know until the game kicks off on Saturday. But uh, you know, this this is I, I think the way you played Saturday gives you great optimism or at least improved optimism Agreed. for this next game. Agree. And I and I think we didn't get into it here, Tony. We have some more time to talk this week, but I thought Iowa State was extremely conservative offensively. You could tell they were playing not to make a lot of mistakes and trying to let that defense win it. Well, doesn't that describe Kansas State? Yep. That's about as conservative offensively as you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. And remember, guys, this isn't the normal Kansas State team. They commit penalties. They commit turnovers. Oh, I like that. They are not the same team they have been. They have not lived up to those high expectations. So I have. I, I don't know that I would have picked Kansas State had West Virginia lost, but I'm, I'm definitely feeling good about where West Virginia is heading into Manhattan. Again, I know it's a program West Virginia's had trouble beating since joining the league, but I think if you're West Virginia, you got to love your chances on Saturday. And they are so dependent on the quarterback to not only pass the ball yeah. and, and operate the offense, but run the ball as well. So if the guy's banged up, I think there's just a lot of up arrows for West Virginia going into this game. We'll break it down more later this week, but I think that the early lean, I think, has to be for West Virginia. So right now, you look at the standings. Oklahoma and TCU, each at five and one, then a log jam among Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Iowa State. And if you want to do that in tiebreaker fashion, it's Oklahoma State, then West Virginia, then Iowa State. So West Virginia can still come out of this thing in pretty solid, decent shape uh, as this race goes toward the end. A couple of other notes before we say sayonara. Unbelievable offensive explosion between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Stunning. Did you like it or not like it? 
see, for a I, while. I, see, I like that. I'm just stunned after watching that Oklahoma State defense here yeah. against what we thought was a pretty good offense with Will Greer and company to to look like that against Oklahoma. I, I know it's Baker Mayfield. I know. You know that why? That surprise me. You know why? Because when two old rivals get together, you can throw the record books and the defense out the <laughs> well, window. Well, except that when those two rivals get together and both of them are ranked, Oklahoma always wins. Yeah. Okay. That that's the that's the number on that. You're not far off. Yeah. I mean, it's so, like eleven and one or twelve and one. And I tell you, I mean, I I enjoy the offense like everybody else, but at some point you do like to see the defense make a stop. Otherwise, it becomes pretty boring. I mean, we were talking about it, Tony, and for West Virginia, the crowd can get into it more on the defensive side than the offensive side. So there was. I'm like you. I thought there was a lot of joy in that game Saturday. Mm-hmm. I really, I really did. Um, Lane Kiffin took a, a boatload of criticism this uh, weekend after the uh, game against Marshall. He sent out a tweet which made reference to the spot or the line on the game. He took a safety late in that game, which uh, made the line, uh, which was six and a half, go down to a five point uh, margin of victory. <laughs> and so he put it out there, something about the cover. People lost their mind. Uh, the NCAA is going to look into this. Uh, what a boatload of crap. I loved it. I personally I, I personally thought, like, why not? Why not make mention of it? Did he do it for that reason? Hell no, he didn't do it for that reason. He didn't want the punt blocked. He didn't want to lose the game. So he just ran out of the back of the end zone. But he had at least a sense of humor. Well, Come on I, back around. I have a little bit different take oh, on that. Oh, I'd I like mean, to hear this then. Well, first of all, the NCAA is going to look at I mean, the, <laughs> I just like saying my... The NCAA is not looking into anything. They get eight degrees away for 20 years at Carolina. They don't care what Lane Kiffin's saying. So that's almost like a a non-factor. And and gambling is all around college football. We talk about the line all the time. However, you you go into these games having having confidence that these games are not rigged. And I think any suggestion, even a suggestion, even a joke, that somehow the coaches are playing to the line is pretty dangerous stuff. I think it's a mistake to go there. Break this one up. What do you? I think, think he's. I thought that's a that was a pretty compelling argument there. I'm not surprised because it's a very Lane Kiffin esque thing to do. I think Kerchival makes a pretty good point there. I understand, and I'm all about I'm all about what you're saying. But I do like at times for and he is a goof. You don't mind the trolling? I I thought it was funny. That's like someone that finally comes out and says, "Hey, hey, you guess what, you guys, you lost." You know that guy. I just thought personally it was funny. I, I think it, I think it's one of those areas that you don't joke about. Ooh. And I, I know I get the rap for being a little bit too serious, no. but I think why? I why? 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 I wonder why. Why would anyone ever say that? Well, I mean, it's totally imagine, imagine the implications if oh, yeah, it came I'm out. You. I'm with you, dude. That a coach shaved. Oh. Point. I mean, we've had those scandals in college right, sports yes. before, and what would that mean? That that's a that changes the dynamic pretty dramatically. I'm totally with you. And like when people call up and say, well, "You know, well, you want to laugh, Corky the Clown." Big well, fun, I do. Big I just I literally when I saw it Saturday morning, I giggled. I laughed. I thought it was funny. But anyway, you uh, two just perfectly played. Played your personalities right there. You just giggle, haha. Corky the clown's a good one. You Corky the clown, and you uh, do not do that. Now I will say this: I get why you would chuckle at that. If I'm the AD, I call and say, "Lane, man, you don't, don't be joking yeah. about that." Because I was going to say, so you when, actually make points. When yeah. people call up and they criticize the officials, say the officials are yeah. intentionally. Yeah. That to me, it makes me go like, "Are you serious?" No, they'll make mistakes. They're, it's not malicious mistakes. Yeah, they do make them. But if, in fact, officials were going out there trying to impact the game one way or the other, then you might as well put a shut the whole thing down because it's over. That would be absolutely – that's frightening as all heck uh, to me. All right. Um, before we go away, the Mountaineer – You should go do high lie then. You should do play-by-play of high lie in Florida. And both those guys, that's a little dirty, isn't it, Hoppy? <laughs> now, Hoppy, you were in the uh, – 
You grew up near the horse racing track. You think any of those races were ever fixed? Well, statute of limitations over. <laughs> there's always the question: Was he whipping the horse or fanning the horse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, solid point. All right, um, Mountaineer basketball team had a close scrimmage on Sunday in Columbus, Ohio, at Ohio at Ohio Dominican College. Played Purdue, and these are supposed to be absolutely tight sealed no one can know anything nobody knows anything not allowed to talk about this they cannot can't say anything nobody NCAA knows anything. says you yeah. can't public i've never no. seen more information <laughs> in my life come out because these things normally are really really tight and close jeff goodman from espn he, he put the score out there a couple hours after the game was over 89 77 purdue beats west virginia in a 40 minute game uh javon carter had 37 points <laughs> he did uh, purdue is very good they have four seniors in their starting lineup. They've got a seven-footer that starts, a seven-footer that comes off the bench. And so I, I did a little investigating, and I said uh, to a source who has to remain nameless, I said, so give me, wait, 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 was it bad? What's going on there? Number one, they're going to be really good. I mean, they're, they're a legitimate Elite Eight, Final Four type team. Purdue, you're talking. Yeah, they're, they're second. They're picked second in the Big Ten. But the one thing you need to keep in mind on this is that they didn't disqualify people for fouls. And they said, the, <laughs> "What a concept!" They, they just because they just wanted to play. And he said, "The Purdue guards, they were in like massive foul trouble in the first half. They all had seven or eight fouls each. So would that have really been the outcome? That might have helped Kanate though. He might have had seventeen fouls. Yeah, he, he very, so he that very well could good. work both ways. West Virginia got out rebounded in that game too. If you want to add that stat in there, that yeah, was coming out as well. So that's for something that can't be talked about." I'm shocked I didn't see uh, play-by-play highlights yes, coming out. That's a concern. Any clips out there of the game? Yeah, they there is. <laughs> Purdue put a minute of highlights on Twitter. Really? Right. Yeah, they did. You, like anyway. Well, the NCAA is going to investigate that. <laughs> yeah, you watch. They'll slam them. And yeah, then they'll get in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah. But North Carolina is uh, free to go. Okay, uh, the Mountaineers leave tomorrow for Germany, and they'll play on Friday. We'll. Be back with you on Thursday for another edition of Three Guys Before the Game. I hope we've uh, cleared the air. That was my favorite game of the year. Really, truly was. It was yeah, my I can, I can see my that. favorite game that. of the entire year. It truly, really was my favorite game of the entire year. And I don't know why my my Donny Iris music isn't playing. Oh. I can't hear Keep my filling. Oh, was wait it your favorite oh, wait, 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 game wait, wait, of the oh, year? I know what it was. Okay, it's my bad. Wait Wrong a pot. Yeah, hear it. You know why? <laughs> It's because I'm using your settings. Oh, yeah, it's my settings. I'm I was sorry. using your settings instead of my settings. Not bad. That's right. That's so, it's a good thing it's a podcast and Hoppy doesn't get nervous on podcasts. We're out. Thanks so much for being with us. See you again on Thursday, three guys before the game. You can